This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm a pastor here at Cornerstone, and I'm going to uh, try to dive us into a little exercise that may help us to cultivate gratitude at the end of 2020. I mentioned this actually in the sermon that I preached at Cornerstone on December the 6th, that I have been going through a life coaching and kind of planning process with a group called Unique. That Just so you know, when I say Unique, they spell their kind of life coaching stuff, uh, Y-O-U, N-I-Q-E. See the play on that? Unique. All right. So we're going to link to some of their materials actually in the show notes here where you can see more about what they do. It's been a really helpful process and it's a group of people that I will really respect that we're working with there. But one of the tools that they've introduced me to in this process is a tool for reflecting back over the critical moments in your story and kind of identifying God's work. And so what I want to do is actually take a few minutes on the podcast to introduce you to a way that it's not going to be the full process that they work us through, but a simple way you could maybe do this in your own home over the course of an hour, sometime inside this kind of close of the year at 2020 with the purpose of identifying how God is working in your story. You see, I think a lot of us have this kind of general sense of confidence that God is sovereign, that he's in control, that he cares, that he's at work. So we have that general kind of theological affirmation that God is good and that he cares, but we've never taken the time to individually and personally like weave together how God has been at work in our story, in our life. And so... As you're trying to capture gratitude and, and cultivate a heart of gratefulness, one of the ways to do that is to study the unique ways God's at work. I think of this as a way to obey Psalm 103, where David writes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So don't forget what God's done is what David's saying. So many of the Psalms are like Psalm 103, where they say, I'm going to bless the Lord for all he's done. And then David, the psalmist, will reflect. Sometimes he does it over the history of Israel, the whole nation. Sometimes he reflects on moments that mattered inside of his own life, because the Psalms incorporate not just this lofty theological idea that God is sovereign, but a deeply, like, intimately aware perspective that God is in control of the moments that matter in your life. And so I just want to give you a tool to not forget the benefits of God, to take Psalm 103 and kind of journal through the story of your life in a way that is meaningful. Now, I, I just want to address this before I get any further. The one objection, the main objection I had to doing this was, um, I am a man. And what I mean by that is I'm not primarily an emotional creature. The idea, even saying the phrase, I want you to take some time to journal through your story, made me think, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I want to first off push and say, men, probably 
Stepping back to do a bit more emotionally reflective exercise is not an unhealthy practice for many of us. It certainly wasn't for me. But second, I just want to, I want to say, hey, hang with me for a bit. And I promise you that on the other side of this, there might be moments where you're a little uncomfortable thinking it through, but I promise you there's fruit to it. And so stick with me. So the first thing, when we talk about a way to kind of tell your story, that's our goal, is a way to tell the story of your life that is attentive to the ways that God has been at work in your personal story, in your personal life. Because all of this is based off the premise that your life hasn't happened by accident, that in all the highs and in all the lows of your life, God is doing something. The way they put it in the unique material that I've been using is they say this. I'm going to give a quote. It says, God is weaving something together like a kind of tapestry with all the threads and moments of your life. If you could just get enough perspective and stand back far enough, you would see there's something so much bigger than you were aware of that God is up to in your story. It's interesting because so many of us, we've lived our life, but we've never reflected on it. We haven't interpreted it from the standpoint of a sovereign God who's at work. And so what you have to do is kind of three steps to this process. First, you need to take an inventory of your life. Second, you need to interpret it. And then third, you need a way to articulate it. You need to share that. So let's talk about each of those three steps. The first one is an inventory. So to do that, what, what you want to do is just start with a blank sheet of paper, and to do this inventory, what you're going to do is just look through your life and try to identify from birth to present what I'm going to call high points and hard times. That's the wording they use in Unique. So high points, so what I did was I took this sheet of paper and I wrote at the top of one side, high points, the top of another side, uh, hard times. And then just take 10 or 15 minutes, might take you longer, and start birth all the way to present and write out every significant, like, meaningful thing. You can just dump it out of your brain, even if it comes out chaotically. Like, sometimes you start at birth and you're working chronologically, and then you go, oh, I remember something. Go back. That's totally fine. But the goal is to basically dump all of those onto one sheet of paper to take an inventory of what is going on in your life. You might uh, note things like a major, uh, it could be a move that your family did or a move of a significant friend. That was one of my uh, points that I put down as a hard time was in the fifth grade, one of my best friends, the pastor's son, um, inside of our church moved away and it was really hard for me. So I wrote some of those things down. I thought about moments in summer camp growing up I thought about uh, moments of cancer in loved ones, um, the significance of in my family story of my parents adopting and being foster parents. That was a huge piece to my story that wove together. And so what you want to do is the first goal in taking inventory is just dump all of those high points and hard times onto a sheet of paper. Just get a whole bunch of them. At the end of it, you're going to have at least... 20 of these kind of big, big hinge moments of your life on that sheet of paper. So once you've got that done, now what I want you to do is after you've kind of written that all out, this is the first step of interpretation 
is you want to look at that sheet of paper and try to circle the moments that you, as you've dumped them all out, you would say, these are really the most important kind of hinge moments in my life. Probably you're going to get, I don't know, you could choose a number. Uh, They say maybe use 10, you could use 20, you could use 15, whatever you want to do. Maybe you circle 10 high points and 10 hard times. doesn't have to be equal. But what I want you to do is I want you, once you've got that inventory, let's say it's 10, identify what, actually you probably need more. Let's go 20, okay? Identify the 20 kind of hinge point moments that are most essential to the story of your life. Then, here's what you got to do. You need to now take those 20, you need another sheet of paper, and this one needs to grow chronological. So write a timeline out of your life, okay, from zero to where you are presently, from birth to present, and then what you're going to do is just plot those high points and hard times on that chronological timeline. So you're putting all of the 20 most significant events of your life down on that timeline, okay, so that you can see them chronologically. You can uh, potentially, one way you could do this, you could use like a uh, different color of pen for the high points that are good and the hard times that were hard. Or you could write the line in the middle of your paper and underneath the line, you could put the moments that are hard and above the line, you could put the moments that were high points. However that is, the goal of that is to take inventory and then when you get done with it, you'll have kind of a timeline of your life. So you have, you've taken inventory by writing out those most significant moments, then you write them out on a timeline. Now, Here's the place where we've, we've done inventory. Now we're going to begin to interpret, to make sense of what God is doing in your life. And so what I want to do is just give you a few questions that I want you to ask yourself as you look over the story of your life. Here's just a couple of them. So a few, first question is, um, can you notice any like, critical stages. Like if your life was a chap was a book, what are the chapters of your book? So for me, I'm still working on naming all of these. Right now the chapters kind of go around places, uh, around spiritually Im- important places in my life. The first chapters in my life are all about Slater and Sheldahl because I was connected to Slater Baptist Church and that was formative to shape me as a person. And then the next moments of my life are connected to Sailorville, where Crystal and I were part uh, in our first kind of ministry job and ministry stop. And then the next parts of my life are connected to Salt Company and then to Cornerstone. So that even those chapter names tell you a lot about the story of my life. They tell you that I'm a person who's been deeply invested in ministry from a family who believed the church was central to how we lived. That's defining for me. So the first thing you want to do is just look over your story and try to like break that timeline up into some chapters, okay? The second thing I want you to do is after you've identified some chapters, second is identify some key characters in your story. Maybe go chapter by chapter and ask, who were the key characters, good or bad, in this chapter of your story? So for me, for instance, one of my chapters in my story is uh, coming to Cornerstone Church and getting involved in Salt Company. And a key character um, of Troy Nesbitt enters into the storyline of what God's been doing in my life. 
And in particular, it wasn't really Troy's, it wasn't simply, I'll say it this way, it wasn't simply Troy's leadership at Cornerstone, the church, but Crystal and I, as we first came to Cornerstone, we were involved in him and Pam's small group. And it was actually their investment in our marriage. I still remember a really pivotal conversation with Troy where he said, Mark, I think you have a lot of leadership potential, but you don't lead as faithfully in your home as you can. You have to give more at home than you give to your job. And it was shaping to me because I realized I had more vision for the church that I was leading than I had for the family that God had given to me. I had more vision for how to develop staff members than I had vision for how to pour into my wife and my kids. And it was, it was a reflection on a misplaced priority in my life that Troy took the time to help me sort out. He was a, a hero for me in that stage. Not so much just because of ministry vision, but because he loved me enough to help me as a dad and a husband in just some profoundly important ways in my life. So I want you to do that. You have chapters and then you have characters. Who are the characters that come up in your storyline, right? So chapters, characters, and then here's what I want you to look for is, are there patterns? Like as you look back over the course of your life, are there patterns where you see God at work in particular ways, where his faithfulness is evident or where he used hard times. So for instance, maybe there's a pattern of sin. Maybe there's a pattern of success. Um, Maybe there's a pattern in your life that you notice. Here's one for me. Um, I have a pattern of every stage in my life, there are friendships. It's almost like I live inside of a team And so ministry was never just me doing something. It was we doing something. And so team and loyalty to those people is utterly and completely essential inside of my life and my story. God, and now when you look at those patterns, here's what I want you to step back. You're beginning to step back in this, this not just inventory, but interpretation stage. You want to ask the question consistently, like, what are the patterns God put into my life? Who are the characters God dropped into my life? What are the patterns that God has woven into my life? And so you're beginning to get a unique picture of what God is up to. And so one of the things that I wrote as I thought back through and doing some inventory is as I looked at the patterns, I noticed my life has been consistently blessed with good, godly, meaningful friendship. And so I actually then just took the time. So here's what I want you doing in this inventory stage. As you're going through past inventory and rather into interpretation is take pauses along the way to just thank God for what he's doing. Remember Psalm 103 verse two, do bless the Lord and do not forget his benefits. So I just hit pause when I was journaling my way through this and said, God, I've never been alone. I mean, not just like Jesus hasn't left me, but you blessed me because you put people in my life at every stage who loved me and loved Jesus. And so I thank you for Jeremy Aarons and TJ Wright and Brian Niehoff, who were my best friends growing up who loved me and loved Jesus. I thank you for Abe Miller and Josh Daggett and Pat Nemmers, so many, Lucas Bear, so many who were so woven into my life and my time at Sailorville, for Heath Moulton and Sarah, 
for Ryan and Jen and Amy and Brant and Nathan and Katie and Mark and Laura. And I could keep going and going because God has just filled, God, you've filled my life with friendship. That, that was a way for me to cultivate gratitude as I interpreted God's hand. Okay, so chapters, characters, patterns, okay, patterns that you see inside of God's, God's work in your life, right? So those three things, then, now, here's what I want you to do. Then I want you to take the story, as you've spent some time first doing inventory and then doing a bit of interpretation, in the story, I want you to ask one more question. So you have chapters, characters, patterns, and then the one I want you to ask is passions. Here's what I mean, is what are the things that I have loved doing or experiencing inside of this story. Okay, so here's here's a simple one. This is so simple to me is um, in my life when I looked back, one of the things I loved so much was family vacation in Florida. My aunt lived down in Florida and so we used to drive. It was like 26 hours. I have these hilarious memories of my life of my dad like trying to stay away, driving forever. It was just, but the beach comes up and and I had the chance to experience things. And so one of the things I'm noting is as a passion in my life, something I love is I love experiencing new things and seeing new things and learning from that. So that's something I need to cultivate. That's, that's a simple passion. It could be a hobby. It could be a, uh, a theme. Here's one theme inside of my passions is I always had a big dream for what God could do through faithful people. Like, I believe that faithfulness could actually result in great fruitfulness. And so I saw it when we were faithful with little inside of the context of Slater Baptist. I just saw scores of my friends in that stage of my life who now are doing ministry or have done so much for God with their life. I I see the faithfulness of people like Pat Nimmers at Sailorville who just labored well as a pastor and have grown so many people who have gotten to know Jesus through his ministry. And so I believe deeply that actually fruitfulness follows faithfulness. That's a passion. That's a, a belief that is so deep inside me. So those four things, as you're interpreting your story, there's more in the unique process that they do with you. But I'm looking for chapters, characters, patterns, and passions. Now, hopefully you've written all that and and you've reflected a little bit. Now, here's the last step. You first do inventory, then you do interpretation, and then you need to share your story with someone. I think this could be a really significant um, thing for spouses to do. Sit down with your spouse and say, can I take 30 minutes to tell this story to you of what I see God doing in my life? That's really powerful. Like, parents, think about that. How many of you as parents have sat down and shared the faithfulness of God with your children? Like, in your story, you've shared how you came to faith in Jesus. You've shared meaningful moments in your childhood. How many of you have done that with your teenagers? I know it may seem awkward, but like, hey, I want to share my life with you. I think there's something really powerful when one generation declares the faithfulness of God to another generation. And so I would say, do it with your spouse. Do it with your family. Do it with your kids. Do it with a great friend who's with you. Now, what's the purpose in all this? God 
isn't just sovereign over the universe. He's sovereign over every moment of your life and of mine. And so if you'll give yourself an hour or two to do a reflection exercise like this, what I think you're going to get is some clarity around what God has done and what he's doing. And what I hope is that produces gratitude for you in the moment. It did for me. I just was able to time and time and time again begin to connect the dots in my story to what God was doing. I was able to see with a little more clarity, oh, that painful moment there, even of rejection from junior high, actually that prepared me for a fruitful moment here where I could relate to somebody who'd been hurt like that. There was so much that I saw that in the hustle and bustle of life, what I realized is I have a tendency to live at warp speed and to lack reflection. That was another pattern I saw, is I just move on when stuff's hard, just keep moving. Well, you know what? I think this exercise gave me some space to reflect and say, actually, sometimes I'm not obedient to Psalm 103. I do forget God's benefits because I'm just moving too fast. So, friends, I hope the podcast blesses you, but here's what I want you to do. Slow down and note the benefits of God. Slow down and look at his faithfulness. Slow down and just take a second and study how his sovereign hand is at work uniquely in your life. And honestly, if this kind of sparks something in you, um, we're hoping to develop more materials with Unique that we'll use at Cornerstone Church, but I think they have some great materials out there. There's a book that we'll link to in the show notes. There's their website with their resources on there. And if this sparks something helpful in you, I wonder if that might be a step that you should take, that maybe you're at a turning point or a transition moment in your life and you need to just step back and get a little more clarity about what God's doing. I really commend to you this group, Unique. I think their work is tremendous. I think it could be a blessing to you. And I hope that this podcast and their their ministry to me and my sharing a little taste of it with you will spark all of us to see God at work and to be grateful to have a spirit of gratefulness as we close out this year of 2020.